0: Since I just school I've had no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to uh, UK Hockey Fam podcast. Uh, I'm Shane, and I'm here with my son, Finn. Hi, guys. And uh, we try and podcast a couple times a week uh, about all things to do with um, Leafs hockey, but also just hockey in general. And uh, we hope to offer a bit, a bit more of a unique perspective because we are Canadians, but we live and play hockey in here in the UK. Uh, so tonight's show will be our longer format one. We're going to um, call up Scott. Uh, and Cliff later, who's our sort of UK uh, hockey expert, uh, and he does a segment on the show called Cliffy's Note, so we'll have that tonight. Uh, what else are we going to talk about?
2: Uh, obviously, we got the weekend of games, so after this uh, this weekend was the first two games after the All-Star break, uh, so we'll have some stuff to talk about that. Uh, Muzzin made his debut uh, Friday oh yeah, night. Yeah, Joe Muzzin. Jake Muzzin. You What's he called? Jake Muzzin. Oh yeah, that guy. The, the other Jake. Um and yeah, we just got some other just general leaf stuff to talk about. Cool. Um, and
1: uh, yeah, so it was a bit of a drought after the All-Star game. We were uh, jonesing for hockey for quite a few days, so it was nice to get a couple games back-to-back. Back. We'll talk some more about that. But, um, excitedly, it today is Super Bowl Sunday. What's the date? February Third. 3rd. Super Bowl Sunday up oh, my news feed on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else is jammed full of information about the Super Bowl.
2: And uh it's fair to say that we know almost nothing. Or well, I genuinely know nothing. I know it's <laughs> I know it's NFL <laughs> and I know the new England Do you England know what Patriots NFL stands for? Uh, National Football League.
1: Nice one. Okay, we're halfway there. Now, who which two teams are playing?
2: I know one of them. I know the New England Patriots. And the, don't know. I actually don't know the other one.
1: I don't either. Cleveland ball bulls, <laughs> ball stars. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the
2: ball catching, Baltimore. I I, picks, I, pig skinners. I I genuinely don't know. I have I no idea. I'm pretty sure. I know Tom Brady is in it. Oh yeah, because somebody posted a picture. I saw a picture of that guy. If he's still alive or whatever. Tom Brady. Yeah. Is he's he? Yeah, he's gonna. I think if he wins this Super Bowl, he becomes like the most famous and most successful NFL player to ever play the game. So I thought that
1: it was worth just taking a couple minutes and talking about the Super Bowl, even though we know absolutely nothing about it, because I usually try and open up with uh, a little bit of a a story from my past or whatever, uh, reminiscing about um, sport or whatever. We always talk about hockey, but hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so I thought I'd say uh, talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, and here's what I know about the Super Bowl, even though I don't follow football. Loads of people in north america um and obviously the n f l is is sort of catching on um worldwide now and they do um have a couple exhibition games here at Wembley Stadium in the year where the two American football teams will come over and play a i think an actual regulation leaf or leaf an a regulation league game here in Wembley
2: yeah i'm pretty sure no, i i think they might do it every year and uh it's After the first couple of years, I think it's really taken off here. Because I'm pretty sure tickets are so hard to come by.
1: Yeah, it does. So Wembley, obviously the, the biggest stadium, I think. Uh, it's bigger than Twickenham. I think I think it's the biggest stadium that we've got in the UK. And they sell out in minutes when the NFL comes here. Anyway, I digress. Getting back to the Super Bowl. Not only were, is my news feed today currently full of lots of stuff about uh, the NFL... And uh, Super Bowl but <coughs> it's also filled uh, with people who are preparing to hold a Super Bowl party and this is the big thing about the Super Bowl is that people tend to um, go to a party or hold their own, host their own um, Super Bowl party and they always make one traditional meal and do you know what the traditional meal of the Super Bowl is?
2: Um, chips and dip.
1: You would consider that a meal?
2: Th- that's the only thing I know that they eat there. That's it. I don't know. I don't know the actual meal, mate. Did you
1: just make some comp- sweeping generalization about they eat th- <laughs> there? <laughs> all North Americans <laughs> eat <laughs> no. chips and dip to you. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> As in at the Super Bowl, there's pictures of a Super Bowl party I've seen. You're thinking of a
1: bowl with chips in it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I have no idea. So It's chili. It's chili. Really? Yeah. They make a, somebody. You <laughs> go to someone's house. This is what happens. If it, for a well-organized Super Bowl party, someone will get a keg. They'll have a keg going, and a huge pot of chili on the stove. Not chip, not chips and dip. Although there probably is chips. <laughs> do you mean <laughs> chips like as in fries, or do you mean chips as in British chips, crisps?
2: Uh, th- probably fries. I don't oh, know.
1: dude, because you would have been close with the first one. Yeah. Wait. So they oh, might I don't know. So you go to a party, right? There's gonna be bowls of crisp, what you call crisps? Yeah. Hangar- yeah, hangar- yeah like a tor- chips tortilla thing. Yeah. Okay, they might have those, and so and there might be some dips around. That that by no means is the meal. The meal is chili, and if uh, memory serves, it's usually something they have a big pot of chili, on and also like uh, they eat it with uh, like buns or you know what what uh, you call here bread rolls. Oh. And so it's beer and chili. that's the thing. football <laughs> uh super Bowl Sunday beer beer and chili not cr- not chips and dip or whatever your <laughs> whatever your aw- awesome meal would be have be a very sick meal there <laughs> and they watch the so that everybody gets drunk, eats chili and watches um football on t v And amazingly, they repeat, Canadians repeat this thing. Because Canadians are into the Super Bowl, certainly all the Canadians that I know of that even remotely like football will be watching the Super Bowl today. And uh, just for listeners out there, uh, just like hockey, it starts late for us. The kickoff, I believe, is at 11.30 p.m. here. (laughs) But anyway, so Canadians also have their own uh, football league. CFL. That's right, yeah. So the CFL... And I think the un- s- and there's a couple of unique things about the CFL that make it different than the N- uh, NFL. Uh, the first one is the number of downs that you get, so the number of attempts that you get to try and cover 10 yards. I believe Canadians have. Yeah, I thought. Four? Was, oh yeah,
2: I thought they had less. I'm pretty sure they have four downs and Americans have five. <laughs> no,
1: definitely not. Um, definitely, no. one has three and one has four. And uh, also, the Canadian football field. Is longer by ten yards. I think it's one hundred and ten yards. I, you know, I c- we could I be totally know. wrong. People listening probably think we're an absolute couple of idiots. But that's, that's, uh, that's
2: why this podcast isn't for American football. <laughs> <Why> <laughs> this is a hockey podcast. Hands up!
1: I'm happy to be a football idiot. But uh, so anyway, but Canadians have their own league, and they do. They repeat the whole thing, and uh, they don't have the Super Bowl. Any idea what they c- they have? So su- the Super Bowl, I believe, is the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and that they're playing for. I think that's what it's called. CFL they have their own version of the of Super Bowl Sunday uh, and it's named after the trophy that you compete for and do you know what it is?
2: Absolutely no, (laughs) absolutely no clue.
1: It's called Grey Cup, the Grey Cup game.
2: Oh, we were talking about this at the week.
1: Yeah, so uh, and so they'll have exactly the same thing. They'll have a party. The people over keg uh, pot of chili. And uh, so Canadians get two kicks at that cat because they will have a, a Super Bowl party and they will also have Grey Cup party, which is awesome. The one thing that I remember about um, going to Grey Cup parties and Super Bowl parties when I was a kid uh, was the fact, because that was the last time I paid any attention to the CFL was when I was pr- pretty young. And uh, all I remember is there were like, a t- the league had a, uh, only a handful of teams and two teams were called the Rough Riders, I
2: believe. Yeah, we were looking at this the other week. Yeah, um, at the same
1: time so they yeah. had like six teams and you could call those teams anything you wanted in the world and let's they called two, of, two out of six of them were called the same thing uh, anyway uh, so yeah Super Bowl Sunday all I think I know about it is that you're right it's the Patriots let's look this up uh, um, I think I, I was looking it up a minute ago.
2: I'm pretty sure Brady plays for the Patriots. Uh, I think
1: so. It's
2: oh no, I know I've seen a lot about uh, it, but I l- it as I said, know nothing.
1: It's the Rams. The Rams. Yeah, who are the Rams? Are they? Oh, Los Angeles Rams, L.A. LA Rams, versus the New England Patriots. And uh, all I really know is the halftime show. I believe uh, is headlined by Maroon Five, who are totally lame in my opinion. Okay. Uh, we watched something. Wha- wha- I mean, why isn't Weezer in there?
2: Do you know who Weezer is? Uh, I think this is starting to suck. I don't know. Me? I genuinely have no. You keep, you keep suck. Yeah, you're you're asking uh, literally me all the stuff. I have no idea about. At least you have some inkling and have an idea <laughs> about some <laughs> of these things.
1: <laughs> okay, listen. We're gonna get off the topic of an, uh, NFL. I think we're gonna give. Uh, I think we're gonna give Scott a call and do Cliffy's notes. What do you think?
2: Yeah, we, we need to try and rectify this in some way. <laughs> we need to try and pull back some dignity <laughs> here <Yeah>. somehow.
1: <laughs> okay, so happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. We're going to kick the show off, and we're going to get Scott on the phone for Cliffy's Notes, so um, let's see if we can get him.
2: Cliffy's Notes.
1: Hey, it's time for uh, one of my favorite parts of the week again uh, with Cliffy's Notes, and we've got um, our UK expert with us on the phone, Scott and Cliff, Are you there, Scott?
0: I am indeed. Good evening, guys.
1: Hey, welcome back. We love having you on the show. And um, Scott is—he uh, comes, comes on regularly with us and uh, gives us a bit of a, a spotlight on what's happening around the UK leagues, um, particularly the Elite League and what's happening with that sort of thing. Uh, so it's great to have you on, Scott.
0: Thanks, Shane. It's uh, my pleasure to, uh, to be on as always.
1: So um, what's happening around the league this week, uh, the Elite League?
0: Uh, so yeah, so this week it's um, been a been an interesting evening. Um, as we obviously we're doing this on Sunday evening, uh, the games have, have finished for for the weekend, and uh, the Sheffield Steelers, who uh, who are my local team as as we know, are um, they've had a bit of an up and down weekend. We won last night against Guildford three yeah. two, but then we followed that up tonight uh, with a seven three defeat to the Cardiff Devils and Cardiff. Are, league leaders so I I guess going into the game I was probably expecting a loss but we started the first period we came out strongly we had a a 3-1 lead and then we gave up um, six unanswered goals and um, for me the momentum killer in that was a video review goal roughly about halfway through the game and that video review um, it was a goal for the Cardiff Devils and um, it was a bit of controversy really because the goal light went on but the play continued. So with the goal like, going on, the play should have been stopped dead. Yeah. However, uh, the play continued for a good two minutes before there was um, a stoppage in play, which then led the referees to then review the goal. So basically, it hit the back bar and came out. Um, but with the velocity and the speed of the shot in real time, it was um, you know a call that the referees couldn't make but um, they reviewed it and the goal stood. But then from there on in the Cardiff devils gathered that momentum and, um, yeah, they scored two quick ones within a couple of minutes after and, and the Steelers heads just went down. The confidence dropped. And before that, you know, a lot of it was one way traffic for the Steelers. And, um, it's a shame really because it was, um, such a pivotal moment in the game. And, um, you know, the, the Steelers were on a two game winning streak, which I know doesn't sound like much, but given recent performances and league standings, um, it was a bit of a hot streak so uh so yeah so it was a, a tough game for the steelers tonight it's
1: a, it's amazing how um you know just a a call like that going the wrong way can completely knock the steam out of out of the momentum for somebody uh i, I saw a goal exactly like that uh, actually and the other thing is i didn't even realize that you had a video review in the elite league here that's 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 pretty pro um But uh, I saw exactly the same thing happen in an NHL game recently because you can clang it off that back bar. And uh, Mm. if you hit it with that sort of pace, it looks just like it's clanged off the uh, underside of the front bar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And certainly with the angles of the cameras as well. And um, I was watching the game via a webcast, and um, so I wasn't at the game live. So the angle at which the game was being filmed, to me... I was like, oh wow, I, I think that was a goal. But then my initial thought was it, it was a goal, and then um, yeah, having seen the replay it was conclusive. Then because they then did the overhead net footage um, sort of camera, and then a couple of wrangles. and you was like, yeah, that's that's a goal. All my hands up to that one. Fair play, Cardiff. But um, other scores around the league: uh, Belfast came away with an eight-five win against Nottingham. Uh, Dundee lost five-four to Guildford. Coventry lost, uh, in a, Coventry beat Manchester, sorry, in a shootout. Wow. Uh, Glasgow built the Milton Keynes Lightning uh, 4-2. And then obviously Cardiff uh, came out, winners against Sheffield. And Cardiff on a losing streak themselves, they'd lost the last two games. Um, but they'd been sort of struck by injury recently. So I believe they were four players out and four key players at that as well. Um, so I guess for Cardiff it was good for them to get back on track and they've just sort of solidified their um, their place at the top of the elite league stand-ins with the win.
1: And so uh, how many unanswered goals did you say they scored tonight?
0: Uh, so Cardiff scored six unanswered goals, Sheffield were 3-1 up at the end of the first period and then Cardiff came away with a 7-3 victory. Wow,
1: that's a real turnaround. And so I'm trying to think, is it is Whistle the name of, of, of your goalie?
0: yeah jackson whistle uh is the sheffield steelers goaltender and then ben bounds is the cardiff goaltender so right. the two yeah. great britain international goaltenders uh, going head to head yeah,
1: they're both awesome aren't they
0: yeah they're both both solid both young guys with plenty of potential uh, bounds for me is obviously more more consistent um but with Bounds, he's, he's got the um, the advantage of having a really good, solid defence in front of him. And for me, the Steelers have, have been a bit short on that front in terms of quality of, of uh, defence. Um, we're conceding, well, like tonight, for example, seven goals. Um, and then in recent weeks, we've con- been conceding, uh, we lost to Brayhead, uh, sorry, Glasgow clan. They're now renamed Glasgow clan 6-0, so that's a heaviest home defeat in the IHL era so uh, we've been conceding quite a few goals and I wouldn't lay the blame with Whistle I'd more lay the blame with the defence and um, and just working as a five-man unit and um, as a unit on the ice, yeah. there's been a lot of inconsistencies of late. Um, however, having had a couple of wins against Guildford um, before uh, tonight's loss against Belfast, I thought we'd turned a corner. Um, but for me, it wasn't a 7 free game. It was more, I, I don't know, a 4 or a 5-3 um, game in terms of uh, how we played. So I don't think it was a true reflection and certainly that washed out uh, that goal, what was reviewed, what then stood, was definitely the turning point.
2: Yeah, so you were talking about uh, not not laying the blame on and Whistler and more on the defenders. Um, if he's, if he, I, I don't know. If, uh, we're going to watch a GB game uh, Wednesday night, so if he's there, we can probably get a pretty good kind of scouting report on him, uh, on, on him and uh, truly see how good he is.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're lucky enough to we got tickets to the GB game in Coventry uh, next Wednesday night. Who
2: are they playing against? Uh, Dynamo Riga, KHL team. Yeah,
1: so so w- it'll be our first chance to see some of the those GB goalies in action. So did they leave whistle in?
0: Uh, yeah, they left whistling. Uh, the backup goaltender is uh, a young netmind called Brad Day, and he's not seen that much ice time with the Steelers this season, but he has been going out on, on loan to play for the Hull Pirates in the um, NIHL and Hull are one of the top teams in the NIHL, which is essentially the second league of, of British hockey. Um, so he's been gaining more ice time there, but not enough with the Steelers. So, probably, I know it's a tough one. A tough decision whether to leave a goalie and have to concede in so many, um, or to go with via backup. But um, they decided to uh, to stick with whistle.
1: Well, if he, I mean, I think a good coach, um, if he sees the same game that you're describing, which is you know the weaknesses in the defense, it is wrong to punish the goalie by pulling him out because number mm. number one, the situation isn't going to improve uh, if your yeah. if your defense is letting you down on the night, and the second one is you know. You're you're uh, letting the goalie know that you know. Hey, it's not your fault. You're staying in there. You know that the, the mm. problem is elsewhere. We'd pull you off if we thought you were the problem.
0: Absolutely, and um, like anything, hockey. Well, hockey is a massive confidence sport, and goaltenders more so than any other position. And um, if you sort of pull off a goalie, you're like you say, you're saying to them. Um, you know, it's it's your fault. We're going to um, yank you from the game tonight. And, um, you know, it's not going to be good for confidence, particularly in, in the elite league where there's mainly one import goaltender and then you have a young British goaltender as the backup goaltender. Yeah. It's not like in the NHL, AHL, where goaltenders often share duties and, and split the games during the season, um, you know, a bit like... Um, uh, Garrett Sparks playing against Pittsburgh and, uh, you know, Freddie playing games as well. Yeah. So it's a slightly different setup over here. We've not got that luxury of having to import net yeah. Um. So you predominantly go with your uh, number one and then your backup goaltender really doesn't see much ice time unless there's injuries or yeah. if the scoreline does get out of hand.
1: Yeah, and so what is the uh, situation on imports? What's what's the rule there for uh, uh, for, so for elite lead?
0: Yeah. So recently, the rule has, uh, has changed over the last couple of years. So they've allowed more imports. So I believe now it's up to I think it's 14 imports. Um, wow. I, I, I know. Yeah. So, but there's a ruling where you've got to have a certain number of under twenty free uh, under 23 age British players to help with uh, the British development of, of the game. Yeah. Um, so the import numbers over the years have, have sort of risen and fell. Yeah. Um, at various points over you know, the last sort of two decades or so. Um, and at one point, sort of in the um, mid-90s, early 2000s, um, it was almost like a boom or bust era where teams were really heavily relying on imports and then the financial backing um, was there for some clubs but not others. So it almost created like a an arms race to yeah. who could have the best imports. And, and that essentially led to the demise of the British Super League, which was uh, arguably the best kind of quality hockey we've had over here with, um, you know, the quality of import players. And then it, it tailed off in the mid-2000s and more recently it's picked up with the likes of uh, Nottingham attracting players like Chris Stewart, who's uh, got over 600 NHL games to his name, uh, players like Patrick Dwyer in Belfast, Jim Vandermeer in Belfast. So a lot of NHL Veteran players coming over to the UK because the league is getting more recognition in terms of quality throughout North America and Europe as well.
1: So, so that yeah. I, and I mean I completely understand the uh, the spirit of the import situation. And um, but obviously the other side of that same coin is is building up the talent within GB itself. And um, yeah. <laughs> and so I think if I if I've got this right, the way that they are still trying to ad- address that is by the leagues below. Uh, the elite league, or they're quite quite a lot tighter about that. So, the leagues that sort of the likes of Oxford Stars and and um, mm-hmm. Swindon Wildcats and people like that play in, that now I think last season they were only allowed about two imports on a, on the a roster.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's correct. So there is quite a gulf in terms of quality, but I guess that's also down to things like funding and and um, the situation in terms of um, whether. It's an arena team or a, a rink um, that teams are playing out of and yeah. uh, things like sponsorship. So there's various factors, but Leap below the NIHL and the NIHL 2, which is essentially the third tier, does have very limited number of imports. Um, so then it becomes more, a, I guess, a real breeding uh, ground
1: for for GB talent.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and there's you know there's a good crop of young players coming through the system now, and um, it's it's great to see because you know I mean particularly now with Great Britain um, going into the World Championships in the top tier, um, it's it's a good stage for young aspiring players to um, try and get onto, and um, when they're seeing the more veteran uh, British players playing in those world championships, it's just going to hopefully be more incentive for the younger British players to stick with it and think, well, you know, these guys are making a show of it. They're going to be playing against the likes of your McDavid's, your Crosby's, guys like that. So why can't I?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, No, I think that's a really good thing. And uh, it sort of leads me on to something I was going to ask you last week and I forgot, and that is we talked about the uh, fact that you play for the uh, uh, Sheffield Ice Tigers. Uh, yep. but are on the injured reserve list at the moment with a knee injury. And I was going to yep. ask you, um, you, know, what, how, you know, how did you get into hockey? Because I know it's for most, um, you know, British young people, when they're thinking about choosing a sport, uh, ice hockey is way, way niche for them. What, what was it that brought you to the sport, Scott?
0: Yeah, well, uh, to cut a long story short, I, um, I've, al- I've always been a hockey fan since about five years old. And um, quite a funny story, how I went to my first game was uh, a family friend of mine who had season tickets uh, for the Sheffield Steelers, the local team I support, um, she had a free ticket that evening to a particular game. And I was only around five at the time. And the local um, the local fair, the fairground, came to uh, my village But I was too young, my mum said I was too young to go, so my older (laughs) sisters got to go, and I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, so, um, but by coincidence, the family friend, uh, Josephine, she's called, came round that evening on the way to the game to drop something in for my mum. And I was crying my eyes out, and you know, because I couldn't (laughs) go, and uh, she she sort of said, uh, what's up with him? And my mum explained the situation, and she said, oh, well... I've got a free ticket to the hockey tonight. Um, shall I go? And it might shut him up sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the rest is history. So I went to the game. Um, I can't remember who it was against. It might have been against Basingstoke or potentially Milton Keynes. I know it was a team from sort of down south because um, I didn't know where the team was from at that time. So I remember asking Josephine like, oh, who's that team? Where are they from? Yeah. And um, So this is yeah, a Steelers so game though. Yeah, it was the Steelers game, yeah, the Sheffield Arena. And, yeah. I mean, what a great building to to witness a sporting event. And, I mean, yeah. a 9, arena, um, totally and the 9,000-seater arena. Totally respectable. back then were... Oh, absolutely. And the crowds back then were really good as well for such a niche sport new to um, new to the area. And, um, and then basically pest the power out. I pestered my mum and sort of said, oh, can we go? Can we go? And then uh, my sisters got into it. Or, or Well, one of my sisters out the free. And uh, it was a case of me. My mom and uh, one of my sisters used to go pretty much weekly. The following uh, the following year, and then we became season ticket holders. Uh, probably around 1996. Um, after attending my first game around 1993, I believe it was. So, um, absolutely loved the sport, but couldn't afford to play it until I was about 16, 17, um, because, you know, I grew up uh, sort of a single mom, four children, really expensive sport, as we know to get into, particularly crazy in the
1: UK. Crazy expensive. And,
0: uh, oh, absolutely. And um, so it was only when I started earning money by doing things like a paper round and a part-time job, that a friend of mine, his team at the time, it was an under-16s team in Sheffield, um, they were struggling for players, and it was getting to a point where, um, they were almost looking like abandoning the season because they had a lack of players. So a good friend of mine, Simon Mansell, who also plays for the Ice Tigers to this day, so I returned the favour and I got him in, into uh, playing for the Ice Tigers. He, uh, he took me to... Um, Queens Road Ice Rink in Sheffield and we began um, sort of skating on the public sessions and then did the learn to play courses and it went from there really so I then played um, you know for um, the junior team in Sheffield for a couple of years and then went on to the university team and then uh, more recently the Sheffield Ice Tigers but one thing that I'm proud of every team I've played on since I've started playing that I've been playing now close to about 15 years. I've either been a, a captain or assistant captain on, uh, on every team I played on. So that's it's awesome. something I'm proud of, and you know, I love the sport. And like you say, I currently, um, nursing, a, a on MCL. So no ice for me for at least three months, unfortunately,
1: man, that's a, that's, that's a hard graph, but at least you'll be back on there soon enough. Well, it's. Yeah. Uh, Cliffy, we always try and uh, end this section by asking, we know that you're a fan of the Leafs like we are, and we, are, we always want to hit you up with a little bit of a question for, about the Leafs. Finn, have you got one ready to go?
2: Yeah, so our question uh, for you this week is why do you think uh, the Leafs lose to someone like Detroit, but then win against someone like the Penguins? Yeah, so we played
1: two games over the weekend back-to-back against uh, Detroit and, and the Penguins. Uh, what are your thoughts there?
0: It's a tough one, really. I mean, like you say, you'd expect a win against Detroit who aren't in the greatest form, but then a team like the Penguins and how stacked they are and, uh, you know, they're stacked in every department and the players they you've got, you'd expect probably, I don't know, a tight game or potentially a loss, but... Um, I, d- I don't know it could be down to a, um, a complacency thing maybe taking your foot off the gas then getting a, a rocket or the backside from Babcock and um, wanting to um, send a signal of intent and I mean to be 2-0 down against Penguins and then win free 2 and you know the goal uh, the, the goal from uh, Austin Matthews is the catalyst to I guess um, get the get the boys back into the lead. Um it takes a lot of character to come from 2-0 down against a good penguins team to win three two. But I guess going back to um to the question, maybe complacency or just inconsistency, I don't know, because the leafs are stacked offensively as we know. But then we've got the questions over over the team defensively um but with the with the addition of jake Musin recently hopefully that'll shore things up at back because you've got a good solid defenseman but who also puts up points as well so he'll then contribute to that already good offense yeah so sure. um a tough one really but um i guess that's that's the nature of hockey any team on i know it's a cliche any team can beat anyone on any given night and um as long as you're getting the bounces and the putt clock, then, you know, most teams can come away. I mean, Philadelphia, for example, after uh, having a poor start to the season are on a bit of a tear now. So, they're really, I think, six or seven games unbeaten there on... Um, so, it just goes to show if you, you know, you got confidence and you have a bit of puck luck, then you can put a put a few wins together.
1: Absolutely, uh, it's one of my favorite things about the NHL is that it's a you know it's one of those leagues where it is anybody's to win right up to the very
2: end, usually, you know, because of things like that that happen all the time. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we were also talking about this uh, this question earlier, um, and it's it's kind of similar to a problem my my team had at the start of the season. Which is where if we're playing a team that's not as good as us, uh, we play down to their level. And that means that we're not playing as hard, but they're playing as hard as they can. And even though we're still, we're kind of even uh, when we're playing down to their level, they they just want it more than us. Um, and then if we're playing a team that's better than us, uh, then then it's pretty much the opposite thing. We're trying to be as good as them and working harder and wanting it more and then we end up getting the result, and that's, uh, I think that's the same with the Leafs. Yeah, yeah, for oh. sure. No, for sure. I think it's you just expect
1: the pros to stabilize themselves a bit more on, on that level, but, um, but a bit of up and down. Well, listen, Cliffy, we've kept, you on, we've kept you on the line for quite a while, and I know you've got uh, places to be and stuff to do, uh, so we'll, we'll cut her off here for, for the end of uh, Cliffy's Notes. Thanks so much for coming on again this week. We love having you on. It'd be great to have you on again next week.
0: Absolutely. Uh, my pleasure, guys. I really enjoy coming on, and um, whenever you need me, I'm more than happy to, uh, to uh, join, so thanks once again.
1: Fantastic, Scott. Speak to you again soon, mate.
0: Yeah, we will do. Take care, guys.
2: Scott Ancliffe there. What a great guy, man. I love having that guy on the show. Yeah, he's so great to have, especially with all the knowledge he has on the Elite League here. Uh, I know we don't have as much knowledge as he does, but it's great to have him on a different perspective.
1: I, UK guy, knows the UK leagues, is a Leafs fan, and is a hockey player. I mean, it's great to have him on. And uh, just a big shout out to Scott as well. He does a Periscope on a Sunday night. Uh, he might do them on other nights of the week as well, but he definitely does one on a Sunday night here uh, right about 9 o'clock UK time. And uh, so he's live on there, and um, it's really well attended, and he talks about some amazing stuff. So check him out on his Periscope as well. You can get it on Twitter or straight through the Periscope app. Right, so... Leafs, let's get on to talking about the Leafs. Two games this weekend, back-to-back Detroit, uh, away,
2: and then Penns at home. Yeah, so we'll talk about that first. Uh, these were the these were the two games uh, straight after, these are the first two Leafs games, actually. Um, after since the, the All-Star. Yeah, since the All-Star break. Um, so, first game against Detroit, uh, that was, as you said, away. Yep. Um, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty sure, with Anderson starting a net, and all the players that we have, including Muzzin, we were kind of expecting the win here against Detroit.
1: I think we would have. W- I think we would have gone there expecting to win.
2: Yeah. Um, didn't turn out quite that way. Exactly. Uh, we'll come to that. Um, okay. So let's go through the goals. Okay. Um, so Nyquist of uh, Detroit score first. Yep. Um, in the in the second period, so actually first period uh, was scoreless. Was scoreless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then. Austin Matthews uh, coming in for his 20, uh, 22nd goal of the year, assisted by Patrick Marleau, uh, ties it one one uh, near the end of the second period. Ooh! So Patty got an assist on that one. Yeah. So this was the whole. This was the yeah. whole. Uh, this is okay. the whole great thing about having them on a line like again.
1: The Matthews Marleau <laughs> love fest. So uh, Matthews scores assisted by Patty, and then what?
2: Okay. The, uh, so that's it for the second period. Right. Uh, going Ooh. into the third period, tied one one. First goal of the second period, Dylan Larkin. Uh, uh, also, 22nd goal of the year. So he's tied with Matthews here. Yeah, yeah. He's having a good year. Yeah. um, and there, So that's 2-1 Detroit. And then with 2 minutes and 19 seconds left in the third period, Patrick Marleau scores. To tie it up. Tr- his, uh, to tie it up, his 12th goal of the season, assisted by Austin Matthews. <laughs> that's
1: awesome, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's awesome. That's and then a,
1: that is a line working exactly the way you want it to.
2: Yeah, I think Babs just need to keep that line there. Now, <sighs> I actually don't know who was on that. I think it might, I think Mana might have been on that line as well, but he got no points in this game. Yeah. Um, but keep those two together, especially looking at this right here. This is this is uh just showing that that, that line works, and those especially those two together. Those two dudes for sure. And so it ends. Uh, uh regulation time ends. Uh, tied two, two. Tied two two. Uh, we go into overtime. And two minutes and 40 seconds into overtime, Danny DeKaiser of the Detroit Red Wings uh, scores to make it 3-2 Detroit and win the game. Yeah, what a drag. Um, you know, what's one
1: of these times we'll have to talk about what we think about the whole um, awarding points for your overtime loss and that sort of thing. But well, We won't get into that today. So anyway, we took a point away because of, of
2: our OT loss, yeah? Yeah, um, but I'm looking at uh, some of the stats here. We were completely outshot, so yeah. thirty-three to twenty-one. Uh, who was in goal? Anderson.
1: Anderson in goal for that one,
2: and he made some spectacular saves. Uh, I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but what can you do? Okay, let's move right on to okay, the fans.
2: Okay, so Pittsburgh uh, was last night. We watched this game. Yep, uh, which is great. Um, and let's have a look. Uh, just see who's here. Yeah, so we're so home, we're uh, play, played at home, uh,
1: Scotiabank Scotiabank Arena, and it was the army thing. Oh yeah, so yeah, th- that is um, uh, it was a tribute to I believe they do it annually. A tribute to uh, the Canadian military, and so that involved player meet and greet, uh, and um, also they came out in for the warm up in special those special camo uh, jerseys that they have, which I love. I'd love to get one.
2: Yeah, they're so nice.
1: Yeah, they're amazing. We need one for the uh, for the Leafs' room. Yeah, put,
2: put that up with the arenas and whatever else we have in there. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, um, yeah,
1: no, it was that, which is great.
2: Yeah, so we'll get on to the Penguins. So this game was going to be the more challenging game, especially after the awful performance the night before. I'm not going to lie, I was going into this a bit, uh, a bit skeptical. Me too.
1: But home, home game, home crowd.
2: Yeah but uh, re- remember at the start of the season we like lost like every game at home and won every we had the Total best road away. team yeah okay so okay yeah. so 10 minutes into the first period Pittsburgh score to make it 1-0 on the power play Sid- Sydney
1: Crosby yeah Sydney still good
2: I wish he was in the Leafs I'm not going to
1: lie Yeah well he <laughs> isn't Yeah <laughs> he's scoring against the Leafs Yeah okay. um so he opens her up. One yeah, n-
2: thirteen minutes twenty seconds into the first, uh, they score again. So two nil Pittsburgh. I'm gonna butcher his name, so I'm not gonna say it. But uh, they scored again. Okay. Yeah, don't it. some
1: dude of the Penguins. Well, you
2: want to try and pronounce that? Bluger. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, so that's two nil Pittsburgh. Austin Matthews scores again. 17 minutes, 25 seconds into the first, assisted by Travis Dermott and Jake Gardner. Yeah. Uh, making it 2-1 Pittsburgh. Ooh. Um So Matthew's opening up scoring for the Leafs. Yep, we're on the get board. Getting some drive in, uh, getting some more motivation for the team. Yep. Second period, uh, Leafs score to tie it 2-2. Two two. Yeah, who scored? Travis Dermott. Oh, Dermott. From the yeah. point. Okay. Assisted by Jake Gardner and Patrick Marleau. Yeah, good old Jake. So we love Jake. Yeah, I I, I don't know what anyone else on about booing him or don't whatever. But we've we talked him. we talked about that in another podcast. Yep, for sure. Um, and then uh, towards the end of the second period, sixteen minutes in, so four minutes left. Zach Hyman scores to make it three-two Toronto. His ninth of the year, assisted by Morgan Riley and Mitchell Mano Yeah, Riley had a just an amazing game last night. Yeah, definitely. And um, third, periods, uh, third period, third uh, period was scoreless. So the Leafs go on to win 3-2 versus Pittsburgh. And so the the one thing to say quick about that game uh, with a
1: scoreless third period, if you are winning at the end of the second period and you have a scoreless uh, third period, that means two things, right? Uh, the first depressing thing is that your uh, billion-dollar forwards are not producing. But the positive thing is that your defenders are totally holding their ground, right? So um, the Pens were determined to try and tie it up for that whole period. But your defenders, um, our defenders, uh, stood tall, uh, including new uh, new kid uh, Jake Muzzin.
2: Yeah, so he made his debut in the Detroit game, yep. obviously. But we watched the whole of the Pittsburgh game, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and geez, did he look good yeah he looks so good so a- i was and uh and just comfortable and settled yeah and he's he's definitely that stay-at-home defenseman that we all thought he was going to be yeah and he's lived up to that he's looking good um he's oh, i think he's on a pairing with morgan riley yeah which is yeah, great which was, the, which, was what which is great which so really morgan riley one. can push up a bit with the and get get some points in get some shots in yeah he can uh stay behind stay-at-home defenseman you know play proper defensive uh, defensive play yep and that uh that whole thing so with all that just b- just before we come o- up uh, come off the games garrett sparks was in the second night oh yet. that's right so yeah sparks had a great performance uh th- so the pens had 30 shots uh meaning that he saved 28
1: yeah that's brilliant no sparks had a good night i i do like how babs is essentially i mean yeah freddie's um are starting goalie but Babs is almost making it out like we've got two starting goalies so when you've got the luxury of starting two different goalies just because it's back to back games you've got you you know you're pretty well covered uh, so that's a great thing for us it's a great thing for the Leafs to have those two guys.
2: Yeah that's awesome he played great last night um, I'm pretty sure that's going to change a lot of opinions on uh, on him for some people because yeah, I know there yeah. was a bit of hate towards him early this season. However c- coming from that Thoughts on Muzzin's performance in his day two debut games?
1: Yeah, so, um, unquestionably, he is delighted to be on the Leafs because he's from um, southwestern Ontario, as we talked about last time. I think he's Woodstock guy. Uh, Woodstock is about 40 minutes outside of Toronto, so he's come home. Um, Detroit is only... Uh, Detroit itself... Uh, for those of you again listening here in the uk that might not be as uh, keyed up on the geography of uh, of North America, Detroit itself is only um, i 'm going to say two hours top sort of away from um, where jake 's from so he 's literally come home and immediately played two games back to back within a stone's throw of his home in uh, in ontario so he 's got to love that so he 's a leaf. Uh, and so he settles in in the Detroit game and looks like he's been there all along. You know, you think of the likes of, uh, compare that to the likes of Nylander, who still doesn't seem to have slotted in and become, come, come back uh, and gelled in with the team uh, after that, uh, after that long period with, uh, with the contract nonsense. Whereas Muzzin turns up and just slots straight in. And then last night, of course, he is literally hometown kid playing to the hometown crowd and that must have been amazing for him and he just looked keen you know and he looked sharp
2: yeah as, as you were saying he comes in and already looks good I'm not going to lie that's what separates a great experienced player with some other younger guy like Nylander for example but then again as you say it is probably helped by the drive of wanting to do well in his hometown uh, playing for his the team he uh, grew up supporting and uh, yeah, uh, he obviously saved his uh, saved his best uh, best p- performance so far for that debut game in Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, no, he's awesome. I'm just I'm just delighted that we've got a, um some more
1: solid D back there. So now we're looking like a good team. Um, you know, a bit of an up and down weekend. We'll take the point from Detroit quite happily, and a great win against the Pens. Muzzin looking great. What else have we got?
2: So actually, on the whole D thing, quick. Oh yeah, yeah. So I actually found this out today. I uh, can't remember. I saw it, but um, earlier, before we before we went for Muzzin, um, Dubas was in trade talks with St Louis because we were all talking. We were talking about Petrangelo and uh, Peracompereco. That's right. Um, so I've actually got some more news on that. Okay. So what do you know? they were willing to give us uh, trade trade us one of those two sick defensemen. Um, however, the reason the trade didn't go through is because they wanted Nylander in return. <sighs> yeah, th- it's a funny thing.
1: When we get to the end of this season, there'll be a real debrief about the whole Nylander situation and whether that was the right thing to do or not. You know, I still am holding out hope that 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 situation will come good and that that he made the right move there. He certainly made all the right moves since. Uh, I'm talking about Dubas here. Let's see. You know, I just have I just feel in my guts that uh, Nylander is going to come good when we need him the most. You know.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping he uh he gets back onto the the old Nylander that we know and love. Yep. uh from last season I hope he gets gets to it as soon as possible <laughs> because um <laughs> sooner than later for sure. Yeah because um the big thing is if he doesn't start producing he's um the trade trade dif- uh, the trade deadline's coming up. Yeah. So there will genuinely be as you said serious talks in management about whether it was the right thing and then they'll probably they'll most likely if if he still hasn't done anything much they'll uh, they'll be definitely talking about trading him because Uh, especially while his value is still pretty high.
1: It's super high. Uh, Yeah, okay. So should we jump onto the NAS thing that we were going to talk about? Yeah, let's
2: go go to the Kadri thing. So I'm pretty sure... I I can't remember what it was. You probably know more details on this. But I think... Was it you that posted something in the Leafs Nation group? Yeah. yeah, really, really quick. There,
1: Leafs Nation. There's a big Leafs Nation uh, Facebook group, and um, one of the guys, uh, one of the admins, and the guy I think that might have started the whole thing's name's James Foley. He, uh, he's a a friend of of us here at UK Hockey Fam, and a, a great guy. And if you're not in Leafs Nation on Facebook, get in there because it's it's definitely the best group on there. Um, but yeah, we had sort of an exchange um, with James on there talking about um, you know trades and and or actually no we were talking about captaincy that's what it was and we won't yeah. dwell on that because we talked about it almost every week um but we were talking about captaincy and he was making um I- I- uh the argument that riley is someone that we should look at and uh and he's right you know of course there's there's and I, and but i said well listen and then somebody quickly jumps in with the austin and <coughs> someone else jumps in with the Taveras. And I said, well, let's not look past Naz. And I was mentioning this last week. And remember the last time that we were on the lease were playing was right after Naz had scored a hat trick. Yeah. So he's such a solid player. And we know he's, he's got the muscle. He's got the heart. He's the first one to drop the gloves if he sees someone getting pushed about. And uh, so a uh, solid contender. But James made a really good point at that stage. And he said that actually he's worried that Naz won't be here come uh, you know next year because he's, uh, he's a 30-goal uh, thirty-goal guy, sitting on uh, on third line with Leafs, because we're so stacked on the front two lines, and then when it comes to the cap, um, that we're gonna
2: have issues with Naz, and then actually, he might end up on the trading block. Yeah. So this was uh obviously a great point um and a great thing he brought it, uh to our attention, um because he's well he's he's right isn't he. Well, so,
1: so uh, those are issues that you can't deny. So wh- when you've got, when you're signing all those brilliant players and you start to stack up the team, especially in the front like that, you've got to look back, when you look deeper into the, your roster and some of the guys that are, are uh, contracts are coming up and whatnot, and they are still high valuable players. I mean, Naz w- w- is, is a gem for so many teams. Uh, he's a second liner and a fir- or a first liner on some uh, on plenty of teams out there that they could build they could build a team around Nas. But if we've got him sat on our third line because our t- our front two lines are so strong we can't afford to be spending the kind of money that you need for a Nazim Nazim Kadri on uh, on a third liner we just you know ju- the cap says you can't afford it right.
2: Yeah, so there are two <coughs> there are two options for this but going going back to Nazim quick he is I'm the m- the most like player I'm going to have to uh going to uh like compare him to is yeah. I've got to compare him to someone like uh Marshand, just cuz he's got such great offense just like Marshand. um and uh and uh he he's also that guy that uh is out there to get under people's skin, make them frustrated, make them do s- uh, stupid plays and stuff. And then he's Just to d-
1: rattle people, but he's not an idiot like Marshand.
2: Yeah, but um, and then he and then he's also happy to uh, stick up for his teammates and uh, and uh, yeah, as you said, drop the gloves. However, going back to the two options that we have in this situation um, with this whole thing, so as you so obviously first first one is probably the worst case scenario, which is we'll end up having to trade him. Yeah, so uh,
1: you know it'll be w- we'll have to see what happens there. But um, it's funny when you so when you think about that situation beside the Nylander situation. And, uh, you know, Naz has had a much, much better season than Nylander. And, uh, but you get yourselves into these cap knots, right? Where you've, you know, you, you gamble away on, on, a, on a player, and so uh, you end up in a situation where you might assign the wrong guy, you know, might, might have extended the wrong guy. Um, but because of that extension, you sort of set off a series of domino effect that ends up meaning that someone the likes of, of Naz ends up leaving because he's just too valuable in the role that he's in. So, um, yeah, to watch this space one, I love Nas and I'd be really heartbroken um, if, we, if we'd lose him.
2: Yeah, so that, that brings up um, the option B, which I'm not going to lie, is probably going to be more likely, especially if Nas keeps playing like he is. And this brings us back to the whole Nylander thing. So, obviously, if we don't trade him, we're going to have to trade someone else. Yep. And as as we were just saying, I think that the one of the most likely people with the same around the same contract as Nazem Kadri is William Nylander. So yeah. if if he if he doesn't start producing if he doesn't look like he's going to start producing and obviously this is all down to uh Babcock and uh what he sees as as a coach and um and what management thinks uh, especially Dubas but th- that's what that's what it, it will all come down to. So if if Nylander doesn't start producing if he uh if he doesn't look like he's going to start producing soon well, we, we're probably better off flipping him rather than Kadri. And especially if management sees uh, potential to go all the way to the Cup playoffs. Because um, the only reason that you keep Nylander around is because he's a young guy and he's still got loads of potential to grow. But if we're going to try and aim for the Cup in the next couple of seasons, then we're going to want someone that's producing now instead of will start producing. So that's in that case, we'd want to keep Kadri.
1: I think you meant there... Uh, if we want to keep winning the cup for the next few seasons, yeah, obviously,
2: of <laughs> course, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, right? What else have we got? Um, uh, so, I'm pretty sure we're oh, actually, we've got a couple things here. So, Matthews, two goals in two games, yeah, nice. So, that's that's getting that's getting back to old Matthews, Yep. he's back on a scoring pace. Well, I know it's only been two games, but he's back on a scoring pace, so I think. I think the whole All Star thing is just kind of an. Uh, even though he was playing in it, it was still a break for him from playing proper hockey. Yeah. And yet he was. It's like a. It's like a giant training session. You, you for sort him.
1: Of Yeah, and all y- all your best buddies are around and everything else. Yeah, and so it's like it you come out of that, just on a on a sort of a with with your spirits lifted. You know
2: what I mean? And you you're just yeah. coming back saying right, let's let's do this. Let's knuckle down again. Let's get this done. It's literally like a giant, fun hockey camp. For NHL <laughs> it stars, it literally
1: is, isn't it? Is it? It literally, like, going to your camp with all your best buddies and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, he's come out of there on a high, and and uh, is back being the scoring machine that, that he is. You know, which is great.
2: Yeah, and uh, he was he was dropping off just before this all-star break. And I think, I, th- I think if you put it in terms of school, I know this is kind of kind of lame, but if you put it in terms of school, it's kind of like that's why they have breaks in between terms is because. You need to, uh, you need to
1: recharge your batteries. Yeah, totally. And,
2: and you just need to chill and <laughs> just get, re- just get ready, basically, for starting <laughs> again. Yep, there you go. You've heard it. You, you've all heard
1: heard the fo- a fourteen year old's perspective. <laughs> it's just like school. You need a break. <laughs> <You> need <laughs> even, a break. even, even though it's the best thing ever, and I'd much break.
2: rather be an NHL player than in school. Yeah, it's still kind of like, and wi- with with the whole Matthews thing. He uh, he was sick, got injured, came back and was still pretty yeah. sick. Yeah, yeah. And so then after a long time, that he got, he was got injured, tired again.
1: right? And we forget that he was he came back off that injury. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's back on form. And, um, you know, two goals in two games. Let's uh, let's go for, uh, you know, four goals in two games. There and we double go. Double that pace.
2: Four goals in two games, mate. What are you on about? He's going to get another four goals in a game.
1: Yeah, that would be sweet. That would be pretty uh, sick. Right. So, we we're going to talk about the Habs briefly. So... Habs. Um, this is the first time we've mentioned them. Yeah, in a lo- either in a long time or ever. I don't even like to talk about them. <laughs> I know but we're gonna. Let's talk about them. I know you have loads of friends that are all down, like
2: diehard uh, Habs fans. Yeah,
1: which I don't understand because all of my friends are essentially Ontarians like myself, and uh, there are a few. You know, my t- my closest buddies are uh, all from around Ontario. And uh, my closest buddies are either Habs fans or Bruins fans. <laughs> yeah, doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Anyway, so what suddenly happened is that, um, and this happened one of my one of my uh, best fr- best and oldest friends, Phil Casey, uh, sent me a message on Facebook the other night when um, Leafs were in a, a you know a little bit of a slump, and uh, he said, uh, and he and he had a screenshot of the of the league, um, actually the division uh results and Habs were literally right behind us and it's sort of like holy smokes where did they come from
2: yeah, yeah. They're, they're having they're having a miracle season i'm not gonna lie because everyone thought that they weren't going to be as good with trading the captain Pac- uh, max Patrioti and uh alex galchenyuk for max domi number one max domi's sick yeah not unlike anyone ever thought could happen yeah um but yeah they're just having some miracle year and i know i know your friends have been talking to you about it it's not it's not i
1: don't think it's true to say that it's a miracle year what's happened is that they started off pretty crap if i, if I recall and they uh, have been just quietly building momentum where you know i'd sort of written them off in the beginning of the season and uh, suddenly you take a look at the table and you realize geez they're right behind us so it's now you know a reality so we talked a- about the, um Meeting up with the Bruins in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, now... The now first now round of the playoffs. So, actually, the Habs are in front of the Bruins. Yeah. So, right now, it's more of a reality that we'll see Habs v. Leafs in the first round for the first time, maybe in this century. Maybe in the... I'm, I'm not sure. that Have, have they faced off p- against each other? In, in this the century? You yeah. mean uh, in the 2000s? Yeah. I don't think they have. So, this is going to... will have to check, but I don't s- think so, so, especially for me, this is going to be the first time in my life that the Habs will have faced off against the Leafs in in the playoffs in in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's po- it's definitely a possibility,
1: and uh, one I'm looking forward to because we will kick their ass. Yeah, that's true. But I don't care how they are doing when uh, when if we meet them in the first round of the playoffs. I literally do not care how they're performing at the time. I know that Leafs will be the Habs.
2: Yeah, I am positive for th- uh, of that too um I, but i know i know they're gonna obviously keep doing pretty well especially uh, especially if we still have hopes for them to uh, go get to the leafs in the first round and i know your friends are going to uh, tell you about it i know my hockey buddies are going to be all on yeah. all in at me so you've got a canadian on your ho- another canadian on your hockey team there's two you two canucks
1: on the team yeah and uh he is not elite he's from ontario uh oh no he's not yeah he is from ontario yeah and uh, he's also not a Leafs fan, is he? He's a Habs fan. I can't <laughs> believe it. What is with, the, with these guys? So
2: his reason, so his name's Will. Yeah. And his reason is cu- uh, because he grew up playing he's goalie. A gr- he's a great player, by the way. Yeah, he's sick. Um, but he grew up playing goalie, and he loved Carey Price. And um, Carey Price obviously plays for the, the Habs. Yep. Um, he, he is the Habs, let's be honest. Yeah, he's he's really good. Anyway. Um. But yeah, that's so. That's the reason. Yeah, that's that's a the reason he's a house fan. Okay. But talking about Price, quick. Price was actually one of the first hockey players because w- when uh, when we f- when we first watched the Olympics, I think it's like 2010 or something was like the first Winter Olympics I properly remember watching with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Price was the goalie, and I I could remember his uh, name because he was always oh he's always on the ice, so I always remember his name being Price, especially being really quick and short. Yeah, and Price was actually the first ever pro hockey player that I could remember the name of and knew.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Listen, I'm looking at the time. We need to start wrapping this up. Okay. Uh, so I w- I did want to say quickly. Uh, you you had a game yesterday. Yeah. You so uh, um, Finn plays for Oxford Stars, and um, you're playing against Streatham.
2: Yeah. Uh, Tough th- team. Yeah, there's second. Uh, second. Yeah, the to- uh, second in the league.
1: They're awesome. They are a good team, uh, and uh, and w- and how'd it go for you? Uh, for me personally, or for the team. And how'd it go for you personally? Well, I thought your team had a good game. Yeah,
2: we had a really good game. We um we played as hard as I think we've ever played before. Um, our basically our whole aim before before the game was just play as hard as we played against uh, Romford, who are the top top in the league. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Um, and we did, and. Uh, especially i'm pretty sure uh, going in uh, at the very start of the third period we scored to make it th- uh, to make it 3-2 to us yep and then uh, then we just kind of lost it from there ended up losing 6-4 so only two goal deficit there
1: and, and it's one of those games where the the score line is not a reflection of the game that actually happened because you know it's just they they scored two quick ones towards the end that sort of turned it around but it was a tight game anyway um what i did want to mention is you scored an o- a blinder uh, um, you opened up the scoring for Oxford. So you were down 1-0. Yeah. And um, and then, <coughs> so I was, you know, so here's a spectator's view. So um, there was a bit of a scramble. They were bringing the puck up and uh, they were at about center line. And you managed to poke the puck out. And there was uh, one of those beautiful minutes where, uh, beautiful seconds, where the puck was in the middle and you could see it and you were just away and you managed to poke it away beat both defenders uh but they pivoted and both of them were hot on you break away from center full pelt and somehow held it together and um popped it in as well for a goal it was a beautiful goal and i just wanted to mention it today and then within minutes you uh slaughtered a lovely assist across to connor morgan who bashed one in it was a great game for you anyway i wanted to mention that before we get off but let's leave that there uh shout outs to um loads of our friends uh puck stop great shop in the north uh, of the country here um all-star sports uh in swindon Um, both great hockey shops uh the guys at the sports screen canadian team or canadian team i guess they are a team (laughs) uh canadian company that produces an amazing sports screen which is a great practice tool for not only hockey but also lacrosse and baseball you can pitch against it as well Check them out. It's great. We've got one here. Anybody that wants to drop around and shoot a few pucks, you're welcome to get in touch. Uh, Bionic Skate Blades, now
2: available here in the UK. So I actually I, I managed to get some rare ice time today. And Yeah, uh, you were on the ice today. Yeah, um, my Bionic Blades are still amazing, and I actually still haven't had to sharpen them. That's, a, that's actually a long haul. They've, they've, I've had them since the summer. I did a hockey camp in the summer and wore them all through the hockey camp. All through the, the all the trainings I've had and through this season, yeah, I still haven't had to sharpen them. are the lightest, quickest blades I've ever had, yep. and they're obviously durable because I haven't had to sharpen
1: they them. They aren't that miracle, uh, so they're good, really yeah. good. I think I've had them. Sha- I think I've had them sharpened twice because I think Clarkie had a go at them as well. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're brilliant. Uh, Bionic skate blades hit the UK. They're hu- they're going to be huge here. Um, we both got them and they're great. So you'll start to see them all over the place. Get yours. Um. Who else should we talk? Oh, uh, cro- uh, Crosscheck Clothing. Those guys are great. Um, they've been um, everybody's been helping them out. They had a bit of trouble with a break in at their premises and things like that. Fantastic, really cool and creative, wonderful clothes. I saw another uh, shirt design that I loved on uh, on their Instagram uh, just in the last couple of days. Check them out. Super cheap, super high quality, uh, and just amazing. Um, so we love Crosscheck. Uh, Beer League Republic back in Toronto or just outside Toronto, they're great too. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Should we get going?
2: Yeah, let's end it here.
1: Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're so glad that you're uh, checking us out. We really appreciate it. Um, We're just overwhelmed by how many people seem to be liking this stuff and we'll just keep trying to uh, keep you uh, entertained. So if you share our love of hockey, uh, wherever it's played in the world, tune in. Um, we also love the Leafs and uh, we are hoping to have a sixth season where we see the Leafs uh, go all the way to the Cup. So uh, We'll be back again on Wednesday. Yeah.
2: So, uh, s- uh, s- s- Obviously, bye from me. And also, bye from me. We'll see you on Wednesday. Have a great week, everybody.
1: The best game you can name
2: And the best game you can name Is the good old Hockey Game